welcome to the Crossroads Church Podcast, where we desire to see a world transformed by the good news of Jesus Christ. If you have a story to share about how God is working in your life, you can send a message to info at mycrossroads.co. Now, let's get our hearts and minds ready for a powerful message from God's Word. You know, I, was, I was praying uh, last night to say, God, is there something, is there anything else besides the message that you just want to say to your, your people? And it just really went along a lot with what was taking place, especially the last there. And it just felt like uh, God was saying that he wants to deposit uh, hope in your, in your heart today. Just wherever you are, we're watching online in front of your computer or your, your TV or, or anything here. Just want to say, you know, grab hold of that. I think God just wants to deposit some hope. Uh, right where you are, right in your situation. So grab hold of that today. But we do welcome those who are watching online around the country and around the world. We are so glad that you made Crossroads uh, your family because it is uh, a family. And, you know, we've been in a series a, a, couple, of, a couple of weeks on, on really what's the purpose of life. And we took a look and we said, you know, one, the, the big purpose of life, first and foremost, is that God created us in order to love us. And I don't know about you, but that blows me away, just the thought of thinking that the king of the universe uh, created me to, to hang out with him, created me to, to, so he could love me. And the second part of that is that we could love him, him back. And so, you know, I think about this. I think about that, you know, you, we look at some relationships, and you look at those relationships, and they're not perfect, and they're not, they have problems just like, just like we do and everything, but, man, they're close, and those relationships, they, they, you can tell there's just love in that relationship and respect in that relationship and mutual admiration and, and just building each other up and everything. And, and you look at that relationship and you, you go, that didn't happen by accident. You know that. It didn't happen by accident. There were people that poured into that relationship. They, they've, they've honored each other. They've taken time with each other. They probably went dates together and spent time in, in relationship and building that relationship and, and, and doing anything they could to to break down anything that would come against that relationship. It didn't happen by accident. And then you and I also, we look at people in, uh, or that, that just seem to have a close connection with God. I mean, they're walking with God. They've got problems just like we do. They struggle. They blow it. They're not perfect or anything like that. But there is a passion in their life. There's a hunger. There's just a connection between them and God. And again, I say, that didn't happen by accident. It just didn't accidentally happen. There was, they, they, that is a person who has taken time. That is a, pace, a person who has taken effort. That is a person who has worked on the relationship and worked on the foundation of that relationship. That is a person who has gone after the things that would tear down you know, their relationship with, with God. They've gone, they've gone after it. And the, the, the same thing, that's what I want to say. That if you don't hear anything else, you are as close to God as you want to be. God will always do his part. God will always draw close. That's not the, that's not the, the problem. The, the situation is we are going to be as close to God as we want to be. How close to God do you want to be? Because really, you know, we've, we've all had friends and then we've had friends. You know the difference. I mean, there's somebody that you could look up on and you could look at your, your, your yearbook or you could look at the yearbook that you used to have way back when and, and you could go, you know what, they're my friends. You know, they were my friends growing up. They're my friends right now. And, and they are your friends. You go to class with them. They've, you, you did some things with them. You, you maybe went to some activities together. And they're your, they're your friends. But they're not your friend friends. You know what I mean? 
Then there's your friends. And those are the people that, man, you do life with them. You've laughed with them. You've cried with them. You have, uh, they've, they've covered your back. You've covered theirs. They've taken care of you. You've taken care of them. You've built them up. They've built you up. They've, they've encouraged you. They've been there for you through thick and thin. And you've been there through them for, for, through thick and thin as, as well. Jesus said these incredible words. He said that he called us his friends, but watch these words. He said this. Jesus said, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to, to you. The Greek word for, for friend is not a casual acquaintance. It's not, it's not somebody that we talk about the first, oh yeah, we went to class together and kind of that. It's talking about a real deep relationship with. It is talking about a real connection. In fact, it's the same Greek word that is used for the best man in a, in a wedding. It is also the, for, for the king's inner circle. That's the kind of friendship that Jesus is, is talking about. So here's the question, how do we have that kind of relationship? That's the relationship that God wants you to have with him and him to have with you. How do we get to that? Because that's, again, one of the most important questions in life, isn't it? And here it is. First of all, it's, um, it's that I need to be in constant communication with God. One thing you and I know is one of the most important things we can ever do for a relationship is communication. In fact, most relationships are going to be as deep uh, as the as the communication is it's going to be that communication is is absolutely a major for that and you think about jesus when it came to communication with the father what did he do first of all we know he spent time every day with the father just getting away from everything getting away from all the all the hub of all the hullabaloo all the distractions and he got just between himself and the father how do we know that? Because we know that Judas knew exactly where to find Jesus in the garden because he knew when Jesus would be there and he knew Jesus would be alone taking time to spend time just communicating with Daddy while he was, while he was there. But that's not where Jesus stopped. Jesus also had that constant communication with, uh, with the, the Father. And the same thing in my life, one thing I've tried to implement is I need to get spend time every day to just get away with, with, with God and myself. I need to do that. Get away from the distractions because I know just we, I could go a whole day without just spending time, just God and I. But I also know that God wants to be more than just something on my calendar that I go and do. That throughout the day, I can be in communication with God and so can, and so can you. There's, this, uh, there's one of the classics of the Christian faith is a book called Practicing the Presence of God by a 17th century monk, French monk, called Brother Lawrence. And he was basically saying this. He was a cook and, and things for a, for a monastery, and yet he was, it seemed to be, always in the presence of God. He was, could be doing the most menial tasks, but he was in God's presence. And you say, how did he do that? And he said, it wasn't that he had to do different things. It was just he did things with a different attitude, that constantly he was, he, was, he was looking for the presence of God, asking for the presence of God, and being involved in the presence of God. Again, I want to take you back to my elementary school, sixth grade for me. And I remember I was there, I had a class, we had a class of 32 people, and I was like you. There were people that, you know, you're, you're in class with, but you kind of weren't really all, they were, they were in your presence, but they weren't in your presence. You know what I mean? I mean, I, you weren't really aware of their, their presence. And understand this, God is always with you. God is always with you. But that doesn't mean you're always aware of his presence, is it? 
And something else is, but then there were my friends. There was people like, like Bob and John and Carlos. And these were my close friends, and I was always looking for them. I was always looking for, we were, you know, trying to communicate throughout the, throughout the day in class. And we'd write notes to each other, and we'd, we'd mouth things to each other. And we'd just try to, try to always be communicating with each other. We'd try to find ways to go to the, the pencil sharpener. There used to be these things called pencils. And you'd go and... and and, uh, and, you know, we'd always try to find an excuse to be around each other and be communicating. But then there was also, oh, there was Susan. Now, Susan, I liked her, and Susan liked me. And you talk about, talk about being aware of her presence. I was always aware of Susan's presence. I mean, in fact, about 90% of my mind probably was aware of Susan's presence wherever she was in sixth grade. And the same thing is, is God is present everywhere, but which one of those is more like you? I mean, are we just kind of, is God just present in your life? Or are you connecting with him and always wanting to just find ways to communicate with him? Or is he really even the, the furthest one of going, man, man, most of your thoughts are just in, towards him and towards, towards a relationship with, with God. I'll be honest with you. I'm wanting to move from here to here just more and more and more in my life. I want to get more and more and more in this direction where I'm constantly aware of God's presence in my life. And especially that that becomes the most important thing in, uh, in my life. Another thing is that the Bible says pray at all, at all times. Now think about that. Pray at all times. What does that mean? I mean, are we always supposed to be just, now I lay me down to sleep, and you know, do this, whatever the prayer is, or does it mean something else? Does it mean we're constantly supposed to be in a, in a, a communication with God, in an attitude of relationship with, uh, with God? And what I mean by that is we can always be talking to God just like we talk to a friend. I mean, if, if a friend was with us in our car, we'd be talking to them in, in a, just a communication. Uh, if they were at work, we'd, we'd be communicating with them. And in the same way, we can constantly be communicating with God wherever we are, whatever we're doing. We can be getting ready for, for, for work. We can be going to school. We can be in the shower. We can be mowing the lawn. We can be doing the dishes. We can be in, uh, in our job or at our school. Whatever it is, we can be in constant you know, relationship with, with him, be carrying on a silent confer, a con, a conversation with him. But also there's those breath prayers. You know what I'm talking about? What I mean by that is just being able to say, God, I need your help right now. God, give me wisdom as I, as I go into this meeting. God, when, when I'm talking to this person, let me know what to, to say. God, I don't know what direction to go right now. Help me make this decision. God, give me, you know, what, whatever it is. Or how about this? Just thank you. Thank you, God. Just thanks. Or I love you. Just want to say that. You know, I'll call up Sylvia every once in a while in a day and just say, I love you. And we can do that same thing, just a breath prayer to, to God as, uh, as well. Another thing that we can, can do is, is scripture prayers. And these are the ones that say, you know, do you directly quote scripture? God, thank you. Right now, I just need to know and thank you that you will supply all my needs according to your glorious riches in Jesus. God, thank you very much that, that no weapon formed against me will prosper. Whatever that is, whatever you're going through, that we can pray that scripture prayer. And know this too, that communication is two ways, isn't it? And maybe you're like me, and some of the time that when you find yourself that you're doing most of the conversing, you know what I mean? Have you ever found yourself where, you know, in a relationship, it is so important that both parties do, do communication, that both parties are talking, and both parties are listening. And I'll be honest with you, I have to find myself, most of the time, I find myself doing a whole lot of the talking, and I need to discipline myself to just shut up, be still, and know that he is God, and do some listening. 
and I'm not I, like I don't do it, but I just need to do more and more that it's a more balanced so that God can get in a, a word in edgewise as I'm praying to him about everything that I, that I need and for, for blessing other people. So the first thing is, is I need constant communication with God. The second thing we can say about our relationship with God is we, I need to be uh, real and honest with God. Another thing in relationship that you know and I know is honesty and openness is a, is a key. That if there's falsehood, if there's, just, if there's facades, if there's, this, if there's not real reality, that, that a relationship will never grow very deep. It's the same thing with our relationship with God. You take a look at the people who are closest to God, and they drop the facades. They weren't trying to impress. They were just being real. And a person who is the poster child for this is David. David was always going, God, I'm struggling right now. God, right now, you see the enemies coming against me. God, right now, I'm feeling pretty abandoned. I'm feeling lonely. God, I'm struggling with this. But it was, and, and that's the thing we can do. We can be real with God. He said this in Psalm, I pour out my complaints before him and tell him of all my troubles when I'm over, overwhelmed. But that's not all he did. I mean, he also shared, shared his triumphs, his, his, his victories, his, where God, his thanksgiving to God over and over and over again. He was just real with all his human emotions, with all the things that he was, was going through. One of the coolest examples of this in the Bible to me is Moses. I mean, the Bible says that Moses walked with God as one friend walks with another. Man, what, don't you want that as a definition for your relationship with God? That just walking with God, hanging out with God as one friend hangs out with another. And there was a time where God got fed up with, with, the, with the children of Israel in the desert. That they had just kept going back to idolatry and, and, and just not trusting him. Idolatry, idolatry, not trusting him. And he finally says, you know, I've had enough. You just go your own way. I'm going to go my way. Just, I'm not even going to go with you further in the, in the desert. And Moses, I love this. You talk about the candor that he came to God with. He said this in, in Exodus 33. He said, look, you tell me to lead these people, but you don't let me know whom you're going to send with me. If I'm so special to you, let me in on your plans. Don't forget, these are your people and your responsibility. If your presence doesn't take the lead here, call this trip off right now. How else do you, uh, will I know that you're with me in, in this and with your, your people? Are you traveling with us or not? And he's just real with God. So how does God deal with this? How does he respond to this candor of Moses? Watch this. God says, all right, just as you say, this also I will do. Fry, don't miss this. For I know you well, and you are special to me. You ever had those times where a friend comes up to you and says, ask you for a favor, and if it was anybody else, you'd say no, but you say, all right, because it's you, I'll do it. Because it's you, I'll, I'll, I'll do that. And the same way, God changes his mind because of his relationship with Moses. And he's saying, you know what, you mean so much to me that, uh, that, that, that I'm going to do what you, you say. And I want that kind of relationship with God that Jesus, that we're so connected that we just go, all right, let's change, our, let's change plans and everything because you mean so much to me. Um, and can, here's the question. Can God handle your reality? Can God, God handle your R-rated prayers, your sincerity, your, man, I'm struggling with this, everything? Not only does he, does he uh, you know, uh, allow that, that's what a real relationship is. It's being real, dropping the facades, and being real with each other. The third thing is, is I need to forgive God. Now, before you go off with that, let me explain what I mean by that. In every relationship, there's times where you rub up against each other. There are times where, where any friend will disappoint the other friend, and they will hurt the other friend. 
That's part, of, that's part of relationship. So a big part of relationship is we need to be able to get over things, and we need to be able to forgive things. Now, the thing is, God never blows it. So there's never, he's never blown it, ever, never will. So the problem's on our end, not on his end. But that does not mean that we won't be hurt and we won't dis- be disappointed. And one thing that I've, uh, you know, about, about God that we know is he has forgiven us so in order for us to have a relationship with him. I mean, you look at the cross, he's gone to great lengths to forgive us so that we can have that relationship with him. But the thing is that I know is I've done this, this ministry things for quite some time now is I know that many of us, if not most of us, if not all of us, in one degree or another, we harbor some animosity or some bitterness or some struggle with God. Amen, if we're honest? Because there's times that God has not answered prayers the way we're hoping we would, that he has maybe allowed some things to happen in our life that he wished he wouldn't have allowed to, to happen, that he, we wish he would have done some things in our life that we did not see him do, and we can get bitter and we can get a harbor resentment towards our, uh, our creator. And I remember, one, you know, uh, she asked the, the question, have you ever been mad at God? I've been mad at God before. In fact, I remember just a few years ago that I was struggling through something and I really did not understand why things were going on, especially when I was trying so hard and, and God's child and trying to do it the, the, right, the right way. And I did not understand why God was allowing things to happen the way things were, were happening. And I remember being at, I was at a conference in, uh, in California, and I remember just skipping those, the afternoon of a conference, and I went to the beach, and the waves were huge, and I mean deafening that day. And I went to where I was by myself, and for about an hour or two, I screamed and yelled at God. Now, I'm not a screamer, you know? I'm not a screamer at all, but man, I, and, 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 I, and here's the one thing. The Bible makes it clear. It's not a wise idea to ever accuse God of doing anything wrong. Then so I didn't. So I'm, I'm yelling and going, God, I know you didn't do anything wrong, but that doesn't mean I'm not hurt and I'm not disappointed and I'm not struggling right now. And here's the wild thing about being mad with, with God is, is you just go, God, I'll be honest with you. He knows, he knows you're already mad at him. And then you can just go and say, God, the last person in the universe I want to be mad at is you. I mean, God, you're my best friend. You're my, you're my savior. You're my Lord. You're my creator. I don't want to be mad at you but I'll be honest with you, right now I am. So God, I forgive you. Not because you need forgiving, but I need the forgiveness. I need to be able to release this and I need to do that. And God, forgive me for being so angry at you and not for trusting you as much as I, as I could and, and, and I should. And I'll tell you, something broke that day in me. Something broken was released. And maybe there's something that you're holding a harbor, you're harboring a hostility or a, or a frustration or an anger for, for God. And I'm just saying, man, take some time to just release that. Go somewhere where you can get real with, uh, with God. Don't accuse him of doing wrong because he never will, never has. But maybe you need to just do that like I did. Another thing is, and constantly be aware of that. Another thing is I need to trust God uh, fully. And again, relationships are based on trust, aren't they? If you can't trust the other person, the relationship isn't going to go very far. And you know, God is 100% trustworthy. No other, no person is on this earth. A person will always let you down. I'll let you down. Your parents will let you down. Your best friends will let you down. And they may not even mean to, but they're human. And they, they can say one thing and even mean it. Like, I'll be there at 5 o'clock, and they're not there until 5.30 because of traffic. But when God says he'll be there, when God says he'll do something, he will do it. And, you know, I was just down there worshiping. When we were worshiping, it just felt like God said, if you totally trusted me, what would happen to your worry in your life if you did that? Exactly what we're talking about. If you truly trusted him as a friend and trusted him fully, what would, what would happen to the worry and the frustration, all that, all that 
uh, fear in our, in our life? What would happen there? Because we need to trust him fully because he is fully true. And the next thing is I need to be loyal to God like he is to me. You talk about loyalty, I'll tell you loyalty. Loyalty is when he says he'll never leave us or forsake us. That's loyalty. When he lays his, down, his life down for us, how much more loyal can a friend possibly be to us than, than, than that? If he says, you know, he's always wanting our best interest, always looking after our best interest, that is called loyalty. The question has never been and never will be whether God will be loyal to us. The question is, will we be loyal to, to God? And can we just, again, can we, be, can we be real? I mean, this is a place where we can let our hair down and be real and just, just facade goes. I wonder what would happen if we were as loyal, if we were, if we were half as loyal to God as we are to our job. If we were half as loyal to God as we are to our school. If we were half as loyal to God as we are to our ball team. As we were half as loyal as we are to, 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 to God as we were to, to our uh, whatever, whatever that is, the habit and everything. What, if we were half as loyal as, uh, to, our, as uh, to our children. If we were half as loyal to God as our TV shows that we, that we watch. I mean, I'm not doing this to condemn us. I'm doing this to maybe say, to challenge us, to go, you know what, I want to be, I want to raise my loyalty. I want to raise my loyalty to him. He's loyal to me, and you know what, right now, if I'm honest with myself, I'm being loyal to, to other things more in my life than I'm being loyal to God, and I want that to stop right now in the name of Jesus. Maybe we need to just make those declarations. Something else is, I need to be, obey God completely. We're in, I'm loving the series that we're doing in the middle of the week on Wednesdays. If you haven't been a part of that, come and be a part of that. And one thing, we're going through the book of John. And the John chapter 14, time and time and time again, Jesus says this, if you love me, you'll obey my commands. If you love me, you'll obey my commands. If you love me, you'll obey my commands. He associates our obedience with him with our love towards, uh, towards him. And, uh, and you know, that's one thing when we were talking about the, the inner circle and the king that they, they had that relationship and that deep, close relationship. But here's the one thing that they knew. He was still the king. And even though they had had that intimacy, they still had to listen to him because he was the king. And we can have that, Jesus draws us into relationship with him, but we still, he's still the king of king and the Lord of lords, and we still need to do what he says. And Jesus gives us an amazing model of, our, of his obedience to the Father. And he says this, I have loved you even as the Father has loved me, Remain in my love. When you obey me, you remain in my love, just as I obey the Father and remain in his love. I've told you this so that you may be filled with joy. Yes, so that your joy can be, over, can be, can be overwhelmed. And you know, most of us, we'd love to do something for God, something spectacular and something amazing, where I mean, I mean the world shook because we did something uh, incredible for God. I would think that most of us would do that or want that in our heart. You know what's something that God wants even more than that? He wants us to just simply obey. Our simple obedience to him more mean, means more to him than our spectacular sacrifices towards him. Uh, the, the obedience of what, if it says in the word that we do it, if God says, I want you to talk to that person, that you talk to that person. If God says, I want you to give, that we give. If God says, I want you to, to forgive that person, we forgive. If God just says, go this direction, whatever it is, it's that daily, constantly listening to his voice. That's what turns God on. That's what God really appreciates. In fact, he said this, what pleases the Lord more? It's the question. Burnt offerings and sacrifices or obedience to his voice. And he answers the question, it is better to obey than sacrifice. Something else is we need to do is we need to value what God values. 
You know, friends care about what, what is important to the other friends. What they, what they love, what your friends start loving, you start loving. What they start really, what bugs them maybe starts bugging you as, uh, as well. And that's exactly what was happening with, listen to Paul. Paul starts caring about the very things that God cares about in 2 Corinthians. This wild guy, all of a sudden he started to have a passion for the things that God did. He said, this thing has so upset me is that I care about you so much. This is the passion of God burning inside of me. That, that he cared so much for people, that, that God cared so much for people that it started rubbing off on Paul, that he started caring for people like God cared for people. David, the same thing. He said, passion for your house burns within me. So those who insult you are insulting me. God's passion for his house was, was rubbing off on David, and he started really caring about that, that as, as well. And so there's the question, what does God care about? What, is it, what really makes God happy? What excites him? What, what is God, what is the passion of God's heart? If you want to know that, all you have to do is look at Jesus because he's a perfect reflection of the Father, that he is perfect theology. You want to know what God cares about? What did Jesus care about? I mean, some of the things he cared about, he cared very, very, very much about the lost. He said he's come to seek and save that which was lost. You want to know, you want to hear the heart of God, look at our back wall that says go in all nations and, and, and tell the gospel to your, to your friends and neighbors, your relatives and everything. That's what God cares about. He really, really cares about somebody that doesn't know, know him. He really cares about the poor. He really cares about, his, I, I love when Tammy's up here because he really cares about orphans and widows in their distress. He really cares about broken people. He really cares about sick people and hurting people. He really cares about injustice. He cares about those things. I'll tell you something else he cares about. He cares about his, his church. He cares about his church. And, and there's a, you know, some people today may say, well, you know, I love, I love Jesus. I just don't love his church. You know, what does Jesus call his church? He calls it his bride or his body. And it'd be like saying, Jesus, I love you. I just can't stand your bride, right? It's not something that would go over well with, with, with any guy, right? I love you. I just don't love your body, Jesus. That's the, that's the thing. So if we love him, we start caring about the things he cares about. What's the turnoff to him? What does he hate? I mean, God, God hates injustice. God hates things like, uh, he, hates, he hates fake religion, you know, where, where it's just empty words. He hates, hates hypocrisy. Look what he went after in those, those days. He went after the religious folks more than the people on the, on the, on the streets. That's what he, he couldn't stand when they were playing the game but not being real. He hates sin. You know why he hates sin? Because he hates anything that, that, that makes it, takes it away from ourselves or takes us away from God or takes us away from others. And that's why he hates sin is because it takes us away from who we really are and, and, and our relationship with God and, and our relationship with, uh, with other people. So we need to start loving God, the things that God loves and caring about the things God cares about. Another thing, and finally, is, is that uh, friendship with God means that uh, needs to be the top priority in our life. Look at, um, look at what Paul says in Timothy. He's brokenhearted, and he writes this to his protege, and he says, some of these people have missed the most important thing in life. Don't miss this. God is saying in his word, this is the most important thing in life. They don't know God. Listen to the words of some of God's dearest friends. Here's David that says this. The thing I seek most after is the privilege of meditating in his temple, living in his presence every day of my life, delighting in his incomparable perfections and glory. Another psalm. Your love means more to me than life. And Paul says this. Talk about somebody who is, who is single focus. He says, my determined purpose is that I may know him, that I may progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with him, perceiving and recognizing and understanding the wonders of his person more strongly and more clearly. 
I say it again. We are as close to God as we want to be. Don't miss these, these words too. These are the promises. Draw close to God and he will draw close to you. When you get serious about finding me, God says, I want it more than any, and want it more than anything else, I'll make sure that you won't be disappointed. Maybe you're here today and you ask, okay, what's the first step towards a relationship with God? That's where we confess our sins and we say, God, I need you as my Lord and Savior. That's the first step to welcome Jesus into our life as our, as our best friend, as our Lord and Savior. And maybe you've never done that and we're gonna give you a chance. Maybe you're behind your, t- uh, your computer screen right now and you've never honestly done that. Or maybe you don't know if you've done that. And something else also is Jesus says this in, in the book of Revelation. He said, he said to one church, to, and again, that's to each one of us as well. He says, here's the problem. You've forgotten your first love. You've forgotten, and, and he said, there was a time when you were hot. There was a time when you were on fire. There was a time when you were closer to God than you are right now. And don't miss these words. He said, do the things that you did at first. Maybe it was you were involved in a ministry. Maybe you were involved, there was a time that you had a, that you had a close, a daily walk with God. That you were constantly communicating with him. And he's saying, let's come back. Come back to your first love. So if that's either one of you, if, you just, if we could bow our head and close our eyes, and everybody else, if you could just join in with them and say this prayer sincerely from your heart, dear Jesus, I want to be your friend. I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. Be my Lord and Savior. I come to you now, Lord Jesus, or I come back to you, Lord Jesus. I want to remember my first love. I want to fall in love with you all over again. I want to be on fire for you like I was before. I want our friendship to be closer now than ever before. In Jesus' name. If you pray that prayer, God's, it's a new beginning, a fresh start, whether you're doing that for the first time or whether you're coming back to him. And in a moment, the altar is going to be open and you're going to chance to, to come and make that, make that real with, uh, with somebody else or there's going to be people here that want to pray. But I want us to just look at this too and ask these questions. And again, probably none of us, none of us fulfill this. And I'm not doing this condemn. I'm saying, all right, let's, let's step it up. Let's see where we need to grow. And because remember, this is, man, this is something I've been dealing with long before I said it to, to you today. I said, I need to be in a constant communication with God. How's your communication with God? Is it on a regular basis? One to 10, where are you in that? The next thing is, is I need to be real with God. Are you being honest and open? And is there facades up? Are you posing? Are you being real with, with God? I need to forgive God. Is there something in your life that you've been holding something against your heavenly father and it's kept to put a wedge between you and God, maybe between you and and his church? Something else, I need to be loyal to to God like he is to, to me. And that's a big question. Are we being as loyal to God as we are to the other things in our life? If not, what do we need to do to make that change? I need to trust God fully. I need to value what he values and friendship with God needs to be the top priority of my life if we could pray God thank you it blows us away that you beckon us into a friendship because God sometimes I, it, it, I don't think I don't know if I'd be friends with me but you choose to, to, to be friends thank you God for your forgiveness thank you that we can come to you and run to our friend thank you that we can pal around with the king of kings and lord of lords 
thank you that we can hang out with you, God. Thank you that you want to hear our, our good times, our bad. Thank you, God, that you want us to share in reality with you. And God, help us to do that more. Help us open up the floodgates of communication that we have with you, Lord God. We want to be your friend in a deeper way than ever before. And all God's people said, amen. If we could stand, the altar is open. Thank you so much for listening to the Crossroads Church Podcast. If you'd like to listen to past Crossroads Church Podcast, you can go to mycrossroads.co slash podcast. Once again, thanks for listening.